Coffee with Colby, episode 28. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Colby, the show that is all about helping you put your best foot forward on your professional path. In the time it takes to enjoy just one cup of coffee, we are going to cover the challenges that crop up in the workplace and how to balance your career and your personal life. This is all of the stuff that you need to know that they're not going to teach you in school. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I'm Colby Reed, and this is my show. And of course, would love if you have a topic for the show, a question you'd like answered on a future episode. Uh, you can go ahead and hit me up on Twitter at Colby Reed, C-O-L-B-Y-R-E-A-D-E. Also would love if you would take two seconds uh, after you finish today's episode, pop open your iTunes account, give us that five-star review. Would really appreciate that as well. Now, today we're talking about networking. And the reason we're talking about networking is because networking... How many times can I say networking in one sentence? Networking is one of those terms that gets thrown around a ton, but I find that people don't really understand what it means or really how to do it the right way, which is kind of unfortunate because as we've discussed extensively on previous episodes of the show, your network and your ability to build a network can be one of the single most powerful tools in finding your next role and growing in your career. If you want to change jobs, if you want to land a new job, if you want to land a first job, you need someone inside an organization to advocate for you. And when you have an existing relationship that you've built through networking, it is so much easier to do this than if you are just randomly sending in your uh, sending in your resume or if you're starting from scratch and trying to build those relationships while they're looking for somebody for the position. So today, I want to talk about the problems that I see a lot of people run into when it comes to how they network. And then I also want to talk about how you can network in a way that will actually move the needle on your own job search and your career growth. The fact is, I actually hate networking. Well, I guess I should say that I I hate networking in the way that most people think of networking Um, because networking is not how many people know your name or know that you exist on this planet. Your network, your real network are all of the contacts who know who you are as a person and the value you can bring to an organization. Now, establishing that relationship takes time and takes experience, but we kind of We treat networking as this transactional, I'm going to meet you, you're going to meet me, and that's going to be enough to actually have a business relationship. I mean, when I don't know about you, but when I think of networking, I'm thinking of, you know, some sort of event that's being put on by a professional organization. You've got like 25, 30 people. They're probably in, they're in either a crowded, noisy, trendy bar downtown for happy hour, or they've packed themselves into a conference meeting room at a hotel somewhere over breakfast. No one really wants to be there. Everyone has an agenda. They're either trying to get something, get a job, get a new client. But you know that you have to quote unquote network. So you go to a quote unquote networking event so you can strike up a series of these awkward three minute conversations with people that you can barely hear because it's so loud and you exchange business cards so you feel like you've made a connection even though you're going to forget their name before you can even get back to the appetizer table and 90 minutes later you're going to leave this place and be so glad that it's over because you've been dreading it all week but you're also not going to feel like you really accomplished anything and the hard truth is that kind of networking 
you really haven't accomplished anything. See, these events do have a purpose, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. But the reason that these types of events are such a of, of events are, are such a poor investment for professionals who are looking to grow their career or find a new job is because one, the people who are in the room, and two, how the event is structured. These types of events are great if you already have some connections in the room, but if you're coming in cold, especially if you're attending because you're trying to find a job or make a career change, this becomes just a complete waste of your time because the people that you need to make connections with aren't there. The people that you need to make connections with as you're building your career are managers, directors, VPs. Yes, it is possible that you can get a job referral from a friend you went to college with, say, you know, they're a coordinator at the, the organization. They may be able to you know, give a heads up to your man, to their manager who can reach out to HR or something like that. But really the mid to senior level folks in, in any organization are going to be the ones making the hiring decisions and have far more sway on the vetting process. So the people who are really making the hiring decisions are who you want to be talking to. And they're not attending these mixers. These mixers are almost always attended by, you know, younger professionals trying to build their network or people who are trying to break into an industry. Most of the people, odds are, most of the people in the room are other people looking for a job or you'll also run into people who are trying to sell you something. Either they're a consultant or you know they, they have a their their own firm and they're they're trying to drum up some business. And that's all that's all well and good. And again I'm going to talk for for in a second about why these why these you know when these situations and when these types of events are are a good investment of your time, but the other reason why these events don't work for people who are relatively new to the industry is because there's no structure. When you put people who don't know each other in a room with a free drink ticket, it's just kind of weird. I mean, I have lost count of the number of times when I was trying to, you know, build my network, when I was making my career changes and I would go into one of these happy hours and I would awkwardly try to strike up conversations with people just so I could feel like the event wasn't a complete waste. But those conversations never bore real fruit and I've never run into anyone. I mean, there's, there's a very, 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 very small uh, percent of the population who can successfully go in and strike up a conversation with a brick wall and turn it into a fruitful business relationship. But it's a very, very specific type of person. Most people aren't going to run into that in, in these events. Now, what I will say is I love going to these events when I know a few people who are there because I can use that time to strengthen my existing relationships. When I know some people in the room, I can go in and say, hey, I haven't talked to you in six months. How's your kids? How's your family? How's your dog? How's, you know, how about them bears? You know, what's going on? If starting relationships is networking 101, then strengthening them is networking 202. And that's a whole other topic for another podcast about, you know, how you can cultivate and grow your network over time and nurture those relationships. But again, outside of some very, very narrow circumstances, you are not going to be able to start and build meaningful relationships and connections in this kind of haphazard environment. See, the trick to networking is that one, you want to meet with specific people. If you're trying to find a job, you want to meet people in your field 
who can either hire you or get you connected to someone who can hire you. If you're launching a business, you want to be connected to people uh, who could become possible vendors or, or customers. You want to be investing in finding the people and making time for the people who can help move you down that path because you've only got so many hours in the day. Yes, it's great to make friends. Yes, it's great to build relationships. And yes, to a certain extent, you never know where a relationship is going to take you. It could be that you meet somebody at one of these things and it turns out that their brother is the vice president of, the, of your dream company and you're able to get an in there. But realistically, if you're doing a concentrated networking effort and trying to grow your network, you want to be focusing on finding the opportunities to connect with the people that you know are going to be directly involved in your industry. The second thing that you want to do to make your networking really, really matter is that you want to meet with people in a structured environment. The problem, as I mentioned, with most networking settings is that there's no real purpose. It's, okay, we've got everybody in a room and we've got drinks and appetizers, chit-chat. There's nothing to focus on. And if you're an introvert like me, it can be really painful to be in that environment and try to, to strike up conversations and try and figure out who you want to be talking about. And unless you're a super good conversationalist, meeting the right person in the right scenario, you're not going to be able to really build rapport over that brief conversation. And actually, it can kind of blow up in your face. You want an example? In my sales days, true story, I met with a guy who had a key role in marketing for a local auto dealership. We were at a marketing event and I'm trying to you know, put myself out there and build rapport. And I had been reading all these articles about the questions to ask to build rapport. And so I'm, I'm trying to be personable and I'm asking the guy about his family. I'm asking about his kids. And I freaked him out <laughs> because for him, here's some strange guy. He, he doesn't know me from Adam and I'm digging into personal details about his life, about his wife, about his kids, about their school, all that. Now I, I'm, I'm, mean to be harmless. I'm just, you know, trying to make a friend here, trying to make a connection, but you can see how that might weird someone out. And that's what it's, it's a rare circumstance, but it's one of the circumstances you can run into when you're just kind of, you know, networking without a direction and networking without a purpose, just kind of trying to grab anyone in the room and trying to build that rapport over, you know, a five minute conversation over, uh, you know, a glass of wine. It's really hard to tell where someone's boundaries or personal preferences might be. So do you go super personal? Do you try and stay strictly business? If you stay strictly business, are you going to come across as boring? This is not an easy balance to strike. However, if instead of trying to strike up a random conversation with somebody, you find yourself in a structured scenario that focus, that forces specific interaction, you are going to be far more successful. Ideally, you want to be in a position where you're actually working together so that this person can see what you're capable of. And even if the person that you want to meet isn't in this environment, you may be able to connect with somebody in their organization who can then refer you to that other person. Um, here's a perfect example of how this can work. When I was trying to move from radio into PR, I was teaching a class to some local nonprofit organizations on how to pitch the media. Now, someone in that audience was friends with someone at Wagner Edstrom Communications. This was an agency I had dreamed of working at. And the person in my class referred me to their friend at Wagner because she had seen me, you know, talking about communications. She, she had a chance to ask me some questions at the event. She got to know me a little bit as, as a person. It was 
far more impactful than if I had just run into her at some networking mixer. And it turned out that when she gave this glowing review to her friend, her friend and I had a chance to jump on the phone and have an informational interview. Then her friend refers me to HR. Two weeks later, I've got an interview. And a month after that, I've got a job. The best networking doesn't take place at these networking events when you're trying to build your network when you're you know, fresh out of school or trying to break into an industry. The best networking is gonna take places, is gonna take place in, in, in places like volunteer projects, serving on a nonprofit board, taking a class together, um, w- joining a, a professional organization where you have regular meetings and there's some sort of you know, structured interaction. Um, here's another example. Uh, building on this. As some of you know, I have served on a number of of local nonprofit boards here in Portland. Um, And since starting at Wagner, every job opportunity I've had. So I moved from Wagner to uh, agency number two, then to agency number three, and then to my current role. Every one of those job opportunities has come directly from a connection I met serving on one of these boards. These are people that I never would have crossed paths in my day job. Yes, we probably would have seen each other on Twitter, but they never would have gotten to know who I am and what I was capable of if we weren't working in this, uh, in, in this nonprofit environment, never would have had access to them yet. They got to know me in a meaningful way, see what I was capable of. And then when an opportunity arose, I was top of mind. And also I was able to reach out to them. I was able to say, Hey, I'm looking to make a change. If you hear of anything, can you please let me know? It made my job search so much easier. The other great thing about these types of environments, when you're volunteering with somebody or taking a class with somebody, is it removes a little bit of that power dynamic. Um, If you're brand new to your industry and you're trying to get an interview with a VP or trying to get in front of a VP, it it can feel like there's a you know, a, 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 a distinct power, uh, uh, a distinct power dynamic at, at play where, where they're, you know, in control, they're the one with all the power and you're kind of groveling for, for your opportunity. But in this case, you and the other person that you want to make a connection with, you're not in this applicant interviewer structure to start You're side by side, you're working as teammates. They get to see really what you're capable of. And it takes a lot of the stress and the nerves out of the picture. Like you know them, you've seen them in a different environment. So it's much easier for you to approach them, make, you know, ask questions and things like that. So how do you go about applying all of this into your own career path? Well, the single biggest thing that you need to do is identify the people that you want to build relationships with and find out where they invest their time. Now, this can be a specific person. And I would encourage you, if you, if you really want to work at such and such company, you know, find out does their marketing, does their marketing people or do their marketing people work at, you know, volunteer with a specific organization? Are they sitting on boards? Are they doing something like that? It can also be a general type of person. You can look for, okay, where do I see a lot of, you know, executive directors in my field congregating? Do I see that they're, they all tend to be part of the same organizations or working with the same nonprofits or, you know, what, what are they, what are they doing? If you see that a lot of VPs in your field are part of Rotary, then you want to sign up for a membership. If you see that a bunch of people are on your school's alumni committee, you can sign up to volunteer at an event. Um, find out if there's a professional organization in your for your industry in your area where you might be able to start volunteering. Now, I have to stress that you need to be a little careful here not to be a stalker. You don't want to be overzealous and find out everything. You know, you, you don't want to zoom in on 
one vice president at one company and memorize their schedule and show up at their Zumba class and show up at their rotary meeting and show up at their, you know, their kids dance recital or something like that. You don't want to just start showing up everywhere that they go, but you want to try and find one area of common interest where you can engage and introduce yourself in a positive way. Now, I kind of alluded to this earlier in the, in the podcast, and we'll do a, a deeper dive on this in a future episode. But the important thing is also, once you make these, con- once you make these contacts, so let's say you've, you've found a professional organization or a board that you want to join, and you, you've made a couple of really good contacts with a couple of really you know, top-notch people in your field, and you're, you're, you're building some rapport there. And then for whatever reason, your service ends and that opportunity to engage goes away. You have to tend to that contact like you would a garden. You have to make a point of touching base with these people once or twice a year if you're not going to see them on a regular basis to keep the relationship warm. I got to tell you, I cringe. I look at my LinkedIn feed and I see really awesome people that I met early on in my career when I was an intern at some places that are now, you know, huge national names, huge, you know, vice president in charge of, you know, entire media companies, you know, huge people and, and not, I don't cringe because there's some specific value they could be providing to me. I cringe because after my internship, there was no reason for us to engage. I I didn't want to bother them. And now it's been 10, 12 years and we haven't had any contact. And so I'm, you know, I, they probably remember my name, but we're basically strangers at this point. And I've really lost that opportunity for that relationship, which is, is unfortunate. So make sure that as time goes by, you're making a point to going back in your network and just touching base with all these different people that you're going to be making, uh, making contacts with. And the final thing that I want to stress when it comes to networking which will come to no surprise to anyone who has listened to this podcast with any kind of regularity, is don't forget about your informational interviews. We've talked about this a million times on this podcast, and we will talk about it a million times plus 10. Informational interviews are such a great tool to establish and grow your network if you don't have an in with a specific person. You can identify literally anyone in your industry that you want to talk with reach out to them, get 20 minutes, have a structured conversation where you're able to ask questions about their their career and their growth and their field and their their role and tell them about yourself and you know build some positive rapport kind of out of nowhere and then potentially, you know, grow that relationship over time. If you want some specifics on informational interviews, please make sure to go back into the archives and listen to episode eight of this podcast, uh, where we go into detail around the importance of informational interviews, how they work and why they are so important. And that's going to do it for episode 28, episode 29 coming at you before you know it. Uh, As always, I'm Colby Reed and we'll talk next time.